You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Tony Groves and Justin Laird. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hello. Hey. So here we are again. Thanks for joining. Uh, let's get right into it. Uh, NIS Pocono. Boy, what a track. The Tricky Triangle, as they call it. And boy, did I learn that on the first start of the week, actually. Uh, does it get worse than this? I get wrecked out on lap one, turn one, completely toast. Blown engine, the whole nine yards. I finished P30. No, no, it doesn't get much worse than that. That's uh makes for such a long race, too, when that happens. Yeah, it was crazy. I posted up a video of my perspective of that uh, first corner on our Facebook page at Tifosi Racing and uh, got a lot of views on that but uh, and some comments uh, that a lot of other people have uh, been involved in something very similar like that but boy what a way to start out the week I mean it's just like it was a big it was a guy racked down in front of me you know that was two three four rows in front of me he lost it or got hit or something and he came up you know to the wall and I had nowhere to go you know it was just bad luck bad place wrong place to be you know well on the plus side I mean to, uh, hopefully you can only get better from there well, uh, the next race I did was the open, uh, spun off, uh, turn two on my own actually, um, and hit the inner wall. The car was slow after that. I finished P 18. Uh, I had a better run than that going, uh, actually on the final restart, uh, somebody, um, that I used to race with a lot. He took me out and others with some crazy move. He was on the outside, and he just swept down to the bottom and just took out, and we were three wide, mind you, and he took out the guy in the middle, and the middle guy took out me, and uh, so that's how that race finished. I bet that made for a lot of happy eye racers. (laughs) It was just one of those weeks, so let me go on. So the next race, uh, Thursday fixed... I was involved in several cautions, but somehow was actually my getting through them, you know, without damage. Uh, I had 10x with actually no damage, not one second of repair. I was up to 10x by squeaking through these cautions, you know, and uh, and surviving. And then 15 to User go your on a restart here. I got loose on the bottom and spun causing a wreck so i actually brought out the caution on my own all by myself i didn't have help p30 yeah you've had an eventful week huh that's not it i had one more start and that was friday open uh lap five blown engine Uh, i was running 20th uh the guy i think about 15th he stuffed it in the wall uh, killed five cars in the process. I think it was off two. And, uh, again, you know, somebody up in front of me, I had nowhere to go, and boom, you know. Jason Daniels, you joined the podcast. Uh, thanks for jumping in. How d- did you run any Pocono? Yes, I did get one fixed race in on Thursday and holy caution fest. Uh, that, that's what shocked me most about Pocono. Um, I think they could fix the dreadedly long cautions, almost 10 minutes per caution, uh, by upping the uh, pacing speed. 75 miles an hour is a little low for the two-and-a-half-mile tracks. Uh, but as far as, uh, as far as the finish, I actually caused the first caution. Uh, I was on the inside line, and I did not give the outside line enough room. Uh, and just went right into him in the outside wall. I ended up finishing 24th. Uh, took a hit on I rating for the NIS, but I came back with a seventh place finish in uh, C class trucks. 
before the week ran out to get back over a thousand I rating for me. Nice. Yeah, I was uh, in team speak when you were running that race, and you lived up to it. You owned it. That you know you caused that caution. But uh, that's good. I mean, it, you got to maintain respect, you know. And if you don't apologize when, you know, you did something wrong, uh, people notice that, you know, and, and you end up with a reputation on iRacing. I know you've mentioned it before uh, about seeing the same names over and over, and I'm starting to see some of the same names in the splits uh, that I'm in. So I also want to make sure that I, I don't gain that reputation. Uh, because as I race these people on down the road or even later in the week, they may remember that. And I'm going to try to learn from it, and hopefully they will respect that. Uh, but in the end, I, I think Pocono was just a real tough track for me. I didn't put in the amount of practice that I should have on Pocono. I've already put in much more practice on the Glen. Um, and I think just kind of the, the tricky triangle got me. So, Boy. It's easy to spin. Like I said, I spun all by myself and ruined my race because of it. And I, you know, obviously have been running a lot longer than you. It is hard. If it was easy, nobody would be doing this. Uh, now, I want to talk about you, Justin Laird. What did you do at Pocono? Did you do any running at this track? Or? I didn't run any anything at the track in INS, but I did run the trucks there and started 20th and finished 8th. So that was cool. That was fun. And I ran the B car at Iowa and got wrecked out in like lap 5 by the leader who decided to push the brakes instead of the gas pedal. And then raced it again and started 24th and finished 14th. So I had fun this week. Not too bad. A good top 10 there, obviously. So... Uh, Tony, what about you? What did you run? Any of this? Yeah, I just uh, I was only able to fit in one start this week, but I did Thursday night. I was running with uh, with Jason. It's the same split. Um, wasn't a bad run. I mean, I wasn't going for speed, but I did a. I thought I did a pretty good job of keeping my car clean right up till the last. Um, I think it was about last forty or fifty laps, but because of the. Uh, the caution fest we were having the whole race, I was able to get my six minutes of damage all repaired, and uh, I finished up with uh, an 11th place finish, so I was pretty happy with that. It is a tough track, and I mean, I don't find any speed there, and quite frankly, I don't find any speed anywhere except the super speedways, but um, I just keep plugging along. Right. So that was not too bad. Uh, now, other teammate Tyler Conroy on Thursday actually won his split in NIS. Again, Tyler wins. I mean, he's got, I think, six NIS wins this year so far. Yeah, that was exciting. I watched that race, and uh, he was just chugging away at it. He was kept going, kept going, and he got it. Yeah, and I was able to watch the end as well. Um, what happened was at the very end, he was the leader on the final restart and he, he let him out for one lap around and then he overshot one of the corners and he lost the lead. He like made a mistake and he fell to second. And then as they come to the white, the, uh, leader, or it was like about halfway into the white. He comes and starts blinking like super bad. And like you could see his truck just fly straight up in the air. And uh, he basically blinked out, uh, giving the win to Tyler, who was running second at that moment. So uh, if he wouldn't have blinked out, he would have, you know, came in second. But Tyler ended up winning, you know. Go Team DeFosi. <laughs> He's definitely our, our best driver, for sure. Um, he's kicking butt in the points, even though he doesn't have... Uh, last I looked, he was running sixth in his division, but he has not started all the weeks. Uh, he's missed several weeks, but he's still running good. So, And anyone listening that doesn't have a team, let me just tell you what I was hearing in the team speak that night. It just makes me love that I have a group to race with. Because, Mike, you were 
you were really rooting him on, really keeping his focus. Hit your marks. Keep pushing. Hit your marks. Just like I felt the intensity from 10 splits away. And, and just that makes a whole whole bit of difference in the in the energy that you have going through the last laps of a long race. Yeah. And when a teammate's running good, you know, you jump in and you spot. And that's what I was doing. I was spotting him, you know, trying to keep his head straight because – I've been in that spot when you're about ready to win one of these big NIS races. And I tell you what, every one of these NIS races are hard to win. If you can win one, that is an accomplishment and no matter what split, but you, your nerves are up, your heart's beating faster and you make mistakes. You make mental mistakes, especially when you're in that moment. And so it's good to have friends, like you said, telling you to keep calm, hit your marks. Don't look back, you know, Get the revs up before the start, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, very good. Jo good job, uh, Tyler. I'm very proud of Tyler and uh, what, he's, uh, what he's accomplishing this year. He's doing a great job. All right. Uh, that's Pocono. And we talked a little bit about Watkins Glen. Let's uh, review that. What do you guys think? Uh, that starts tomorrow. You ready? We did a little practice last night. Uh, I was about a second off of the fast guy. I mean, Justin, you weren't too bad. No, I was surprisingly not bad at all. And actually, uh, I upgraded my internet today. So I'm going to try and run the NIS this week. Nice. Are you concerned about... 38 cars on track or whatever and is that going to make it lag or i just did a practice with about 28 cars on track and it was fine so i'm thinking it should be fine all right and tony uh you how was your lap times last night you were looking pretty good out there oh well i'm just gonna go with the whole i am slow um but <laughs> road racing is definitely not my thing. I need a lot more practice. But, I mean, I'm going to give it a shot. I'll, I'll stay slow and just hopefully I can keep my car clean. Um, that, that's going to be my main focus this week. The thing to think about is, especially in the split that you're in, if you can just keep it on the pavement at any speed, you are going to easily finish top 10. Because... A majority of these guys are going to go off track at some point, and you'll just drive right by them if you don't go off track. And that is the strategy. I mean, just don't overdrive it where you're going to go off track and just keep it together. I missed the practice last night, um, but I've been doing some practice on my own. I And I, I don't have anything to compare my times with, but I'm pretty sure I'm really slow. Because uh, I was going slower than some of the truck times that I've seen that have already been posted. But something that I have been able to do is put together laps without incidents. And that's a lot better than I was able to do at Pocono practice last week. So I think if I can keep putting together laps without incidents or with a 1x off track here or there, that the, the speed will come and the follow leader will come as well. And it gets easier in the race other than practice, I think, because you have people to follow. You know, when you're around other cars, you do what they do, and it just seems to be easier than when you're out there by yourself. But, uh, yeah, I think I was running 114.4 was my good time last night, and uh, the guy who was fastest in our practice was a 113.3, so he was like 1.1 seconds faster than I was. But I still felt like... That was my pace. I ran several laps at that time at 114.4, 114.5, somewhere in those range. So I was consistently slow. <laughs> yeah, I, I ran today around a 114.0, which I was really happy about. Yeah, so the speed, where do you lose it? It's that big sweeping corner on the back side, right? Correct, and then you were telling me what he was running there for speed. I tried to keep that up, and that's how I got that time. Now, you know, iRacing has that little speedometer thing that shows your speed and your throttle and your brake input and your steering input. 
You know where I put that? You know, you can move that around if you hit Alt-K. Um, anyway, I put it like dead center of the screen, like right in the middle. And the reason I do is just for that reason that uh, I want to see what my apex speed is on the corner at the slow point. You know, can I run 95 through that long sweeper and keep that up? Or can I only hit 92 maybe or something like that? Yeah, that's actually good advice. I'm, I'm actually going to do that. I'll move it. I like tracks like Martinsville. That's how I learned to do very well there is watching my corner speed and just, hit, you know, getting the car slowed to a certain speed. You know, each track's going to have a different one. And here in 114 makes me feel a lot better about my 115 and a half. Okay. <laughs> I'm a lot closer than I thought. I thought I was like four seconds off. I well, actually I don't know if that 113.3 is good. I'm sure there's other guys that can do like 112s and stuff. But in that particular practice, I mean, I, I forget who that was. but There was a stream I was watching last night, and he did uh, the trucks at the Glen basically just after it went live and he was top split and Bobby Zelensky was in there and he posted a one eleven four and was like two seconds faster than anybody else. Whoa. That's yeah, so on it. there's uh those guys. Yeah, they'll be around. So I saw my one fifteen and it was like, man, I suck. Okay, so let's talk about ringers a little bit. You know, this week in NIS, you traditionally will see names that you normally don't see when you're running ovals. And those are the road guys coming over and stealing some glory. So what do you think about these guys doing it? You know, is it is it cool? Should it be wide open? You know, should it be like the uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series where we lock it down to people, you know, that can't participate? I say no. Bring them on in. I mean... Heck, it, you know, um, I'm pretty sure that I've I, I read that there's uh, some oval tracks that road cars go on, and, you know, we could jump over there and, and boost up our road rating if we wanted to. i say open season. What the heck. I don't know if it's much different than NIS racers doing, like, the six hours at the Glen or doing some of these endurance races, seeing some of the oval drivers on road courses that you wouldn't normally see. Uh, I, I mean, I think we we all pay to play this however we want. Let, let them play. Like, if they're kind of, if they're lower I rating because they're mainly road, that's fine. They're going to be five seconds ahead of me, not in my way. Yep. I yeah. Have you guys raced with people like that? I mean, I, I, I remember NIS at Sears Point once. I had a NASCAR race car driver, and Timmy Hill was in my split, schooling everybody, like literally lapping the field. Uh, and another time, in other times, I've raced with that guy who is the uh, V8 supercar champion down in Australia and obviously races real race cars for a living on the road courses. And uh, he, he can school you out there at Watkins Glen as well. I've never raced any of those guys, but I think that would be awesome. That'd be great. Yeah, it's amazing how quick they are. All right, that's NIS. Uh, I'm just hoping to get through it, you know. Uh, I'm going to hopefully just do one start in each open and fixed, get a good finish, and uh, park it for the week. Uh, I am an oval guy. Yes, I, I can drive, and I did some practice, but pra I was telling the guys, practice really doesn't help me. I know this track. I don't get faster with practice. You know, I don't know if it's, I don't know how to practice or what, but, you know, uh, I just ran some laps, make sure I, you know, shake the rust off, everything works, so I'm good. Yeah, I'm the opposite of you. I, repetition is my friend. Yep. And, uh, you know, I have some experience, obviously. So, all right, uh, dirt racing. You guys run any dirt? I'm kind of making it a quest that I'm going to eventually run dirt, and I still haven't gotten there. I'm still putting in practice laps. Maybe I'm going to try the Legends car because I'm just having no luck with the street stocks. Street stock is hard. 
uh, USA. I mean, I mean, uh, the trick is, is you got to be in the gas all the time. You just barely breathe that thing when you get to the end of the straight, but you're right back in it. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about Peak. Uh, they race tonight, actually. Um, they're heading to the Brickyard. And, uh, is you know, I was thinking, is this schedule, like, Back ass backwards. I mean, Brickyard. I mean, that was two weeks ago, wasn't it? They uh, they cut some weeks, don't they? About this time of the year, and then they get behind. I don't know. So I remember we talked about that story John Hammer wrote about what a great idea it would be to mix together Peak Pro and NIS into one big series. And this is another reason. I mean, like, NIS, we ran Indy two weeks ago. And now Peak's doing it this week. I mean, why don't they have the same schedule? I mean, it's kind of, you know, I don't get it. Yeah, Peak runs every two weeks. So they're at Indianapolis, and then in two weeks, they're at Michigan. Uh, where I believe we actually have Michigan next week, I think. Uh, so, yeah, they, they run about a, a week behind the regular schedule. Yeah, so to do John's ideas, they would have to run weekly, you know, if they were running with the NIS-type schedule where we try to match NASCAR, obviously. So You're right, though. It doesn't make any sense why Peak is the top level of racing for iRacing and they don't run the full schedule. Right. Yeah, and it's I think it's a great idea. Mix it in with the most popular series in iRacing, you know, the NIS. Make it all one big thing. And uh, great idea. Well, we'll see. I'll probably watch that tonight if I get a chance or try to catch the end of it at least. Should be a good race. All right, Tony, what's next? Let's jump in the topics. Well, it uh, looks like they put out another uh, hot fix. Um, looks like they're just... Uh fixing up all the uh the setup problems um so there shouldn't be any issues with that anymore yeah remember i i couldn't uh start a race with a i racing setup because it failed tech so i'm glad to see this is fixed uh but they put that out pretty quickly i mean it took them a few days to get all this fixed uh not bad i say you know they got it done in a timely manner yeah, yeah, I'd say so too. Um, this hot fix is just a small one, a quick one, obviously to to fix up those issues, and don't really see much else. Some easy anti cheat stuff and um, other setups that have been updated. Yep. All right. Uh, next up, a poll Robert Telfair put on the forums. How real? How realistic do you think the physics are on iRacing? And his four choices were just like real life, similar but easier, similar but harder, and different from real life. And uh, had lots of people voting on this. Uh, and the winner, by 1%, smaller but harder. No, excuse me, similar but harder. And uh, that's at 35% and voting at 34%, different from real life. So, what do you guys think? Uh, how realistic are the physics? Well, I've done some mini-stock racing, and uh, I think the real stuff is a little bit easier than, than iRacing. But uh, they're pretty close. I don't have anything to compare it to. I've never done any racing. Um, but I'd say it's the most realistic out of any of the other... Uh, racing games or simulations that I've tried. Right. And I have an exact echo to Tony. I got no real world experience, uh, but I, but I think the realism just blows games like uh, Gran Turismo out, out of the water. And I, I don't have any experience with the set of Corso or R factor. Uh, I know those are considered more competitive simulations to iRacing. Uh, Gran Turismo and Forza is the only other thing I've played, but the, this is 
definitely gets my adrenaline rush and definitely feeds my addiction. So, right. Well, I, I probably I think I voted on this similar but harder. Uh, it's very similar to uh, I think you know I'm not I don't have a lot of real life experience racing. I actually used to race uh, Honda Odysseys off road back when I was um, a teenager. And did some motocross and stuff like that, but nothing uh, like pavement racing. But I think, uh, I mean, that's the big appeal of iRacing is the physics, uh, that it is laser scanned and it's very similar to the real thing. And that's really a big appeal to it, you know. Well, if the NASCAR guys and the Indy guy car guys are using it, it's got to be good. Yeah, and we talked about that video last week of uh, Kyle Larson talking about iRacing, saying that it's more competitive than real-life racing. And I keep uh, thinking about that, and, it, you know, he's right. I mean, it is, the racing is really good on iRacing when you find the right split or you get in the right event, you know. Uh, it can be very competitive, just like that peak race we watched at New Hampshire that was uh, so fun to watch at the end. All right, Tony, what do you got next? Well, uh, round four of the 2017 Blancpain GT Series will be running along at the Spa. Uh, 62 teams will take part in one of the most challenging experiences in motorsports. Nice. I should add, should add to that, it's a, the 24-hour endurance race. Yeah, last week they ran the the 24 hours at Spa and round four of the GT Series uh, at the same time, actually. Yeah, and we don't talk about this much, uh, this side of the sport, but there's a lot of activity over there, guys. I tell you what. Well, these endurance races... Um they're they're fascinating to me I, I really like the idea and i think uh you know in 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 the near to mid future um i'd like to you know at least try a six hour one um and then eventually maybe work up to one of those 24 hour deals yep yeah it is fun to get involved in these i work on saturdays and that's traditionally when they have them so it's been tough for me uh my schedule is going to change, I think, in October. So that might change that, but we'll see. But I'll probably get more involved if I don't have to work on Saturdays. But, you know, I can still run a stint after work, obviously, if uh, uh, I can be, you know, fit into a schedule, so to speak. Uh, next up, Steve Myers from iRacing uh, been hinting about new cars in the pipeline. And one of those is the uh, new 2018 IndyCar that Juan Montoya and Oriel Servia have been testing this last week. I mean, it literally just hit the track, and it's only been on the track literally like four or five days. And Steve Myers from iRacing has said, yes, I've talked to Delara the day they got the new car. If community wants it, I'm sure we will build it. So, stay tuned for that. We're gonna hopefully have a the new IndyCar sooner rather than later. Uh, there was also a tweet about GT3 saying uh, he said GT3 is getting some love soon. Uh, when somebody asked him about if the M6 will continue as a GT3 car. Because uh, BMW is developing an uh, Evo kit for it. So I guess BMW is going electric racing. And they're going to be leaving the traditional IMSA is what I understand. You guys, have you heard about that? I haven't heard much about that at all. I read this article though. It sounds interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, this is the guy that's actually cutting the deals with these uh, 
you know, car manufacturers and these teams and so forth to actually be able to scan the race cars and, and get the data they need to actually build them. So, uh, he also tweeted, uh, <clears throat> in a question about, Hey, what about day to night transitions? And he said to that, how many times do we have to say we are working on that? But obviously he confirmed they are still working on the day and night transitions. Uh, even though it was a bit sarcastic. I like that sarcasm. They need that in the forums. They get a little crazy sometimes. That's right. All right, what's next, uh, Tony? Well, iRacing uh, put a video up on their uh, Yep. I guess we lost Tony. I can take it over. Uh, okay. iRacing, iRacing put up a video, six hours of Glenn returning next weekend with the GTE cars, and they got a hot lap in the, the nude Ford GTE uh, that looks like is in a VR headset that they have posted up on Twitter. It's a cool video. I'm not sure how they capture uh, VR uh, on what kind of software are they using to, to get it. I've seen some streams do in VR, and it has this very similar kind of head movement where it it moves with when they're turning their head. So uh, it can get kind of shaky. This looks really, really smooth, and I'm very jealous because the last VR stream I watched gave me a little queasy in the stomach. But th this is very, very slick looking. Yep. And, uh, yeah, this was put out, uh, you know, basically to promote the six hours of the Glenn race. Yeah, pretty cool. All right, next up. NASCAR and NBC tweeted out a video of Parker Kligerman on iRacing uh, talking about Iowa. And I don't put these videos up on the podcast every week, uh, but it's always fun to watch him uh, wheel that car around the track. Uh, talking side-by-side -side racing, uh, it's kind of interesting. You can see somebody blinking out, you know, that's on the track, and uh, it's typical iRacing. I didn't see this. That's, uh, that's cool. I'll have to watch that. And lots of times what NBC does is they they just film Parker driving it, okay? But in this case, this entire video almost is actual footage of him on the track, you know, from the TV2 cameras or whatever. So you okay. can kind of, you know, focus on the racing, the side-by-side -side aspect of it kind of thing. That's good publicity for iRacing. Yep. Okay, we're going to... Uh, we talked to John Hammer. He was going to come on, but he had to do something with the peak race tonight. Uh, he said next week. So uh, we have a couple questions for John. Uh, looking forward to having him on the on the podcast, hopefully soon. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, next topic is... NIS drop weeks. Uh, somebody asked every time, every year about this time. Somebody does ask, uh, "What's the deal with the drop weeks with NIS?" And uh, we got an answer here. Your best thirty weeks are used to get your final total. So thirty-six weeks in a NASCAR schedule. So you get to drop six. That is good news. But there's about six tracks that I don't like. <laughs> right. I've had at least six bad runs, and so I've probably used up my, you know, what I want to use my drop weeks on. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Bad runs would would uh, 
would be a drop week as well. Just because you run the that week doesn't mean it's it's it, yeah. It's like your six worst scores, you know, as far as points. All right, good information there. Now they don't kick in until week thirty-one. So on week thirty-one, when you look at the points, it's going to be drastically different, probably. Because everyone has a different, you know, scenario with their drop weeks. You know, some people have actually missed races, and those will be big fat zeros, and those will obviously be drops. But then there's other people like me that haven't missed a week, and I'll just get to drop my worst results of the season. So that maybe puts me in a better position than the other person? I don't know. Maybe. So there's a lot to think about, basically, when you do this, and uh, I like that. That's good. I'm excited. Yep. I'm excited to be able to take advantage of that uh, next year when I when I plan to run the full schedule. All right. All right. Uh, that's now let's go to the next one. Tony, you're back. Go ahead. Um, I'll let you take this one. I'm a little lost. I was uh, trying to fix some issues. All right. Next up is the release notes since the beginning of time. <laughs> uh, Susan Flint from iRacing posted a PDF document that lists every release note since iRacing has started through July 27, 2017. And uh, she she references it's kind of neat to be able to search this if you're looking for something specific. I was going to say, do you, do you think this is because they were complaining about the last uh, update? That they didn't know what was changed and stuff like that? It wasn't documented correctly? Yeah, there was certainly some of that. Like, I don't know. But it's uh, I just downloaded it. It's 625 pages. That's a large book. <laughs> All right. Let's jump to the next one. Time attack. Is that a waste of time? Somebody posted up in the forums. Just looking through the... Re now, this is Bruce Funderberg. He posted, just looking through the results, and it seems like no one is doing them much. The largest number of given series I saw was 44 competitors. So what's the issue? Is it too much like time trial? It, you know, what is, what's the deal with time attack? And uh, he's got a good point. Uh, I poked around on it a couple times. I really didn't see the point, and I haven't touched it since. So I probably never will. Yeah, I'm with you there. I agree. Uh, it's too much like time trials, basically. Now, this could be the beginning of, you know, something bigger, and I'm sure it is. Um, but, you know, if you start making it uh, a competition with, I don't know, something on the line, maybe throw up a, a couple of uh, iRacing credits um, at the end of the the time attack, and, you know, I bet you'd see a lot more uh, competition there. I think, I, I agree with you, Tony. I think there's a lot more yet to come. This is still a preview. This isn't a finished product. I know for me personally, one thing that makes it hard to want to do the time attacks is I don't have all the tracks. So at the end of the day, I can't even get a final ranking. Uh, and that's that's what he was specifically talking about, only seeing 44 competitors. I've seen single tracks with more than that. But as far as the overall series, you have to own all the tracks. And I'm, I'm still buying stuff up. Uh, I, I'm still giving iRacing my money. I haven't spent spent it all yet. Uh, so those complete series are more for the people that already have the product and are looking for something to do or race on off times that don't have as much time to commit. If you can only commit 30 minutes at a time, uh, for whatever reason, time attack is more for you. But I, I agree. I, I think there's more to come. There's probably some competitions to come. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see some of those like Mazda challenges or VRS challenges and the skippies uh, that they do pretty frequently. If you see some of those on time attack as well. Yeah, I think that's a pretty optimistic view, obviously. I mean, 
I guess I look at it as, you know, now that time attack has been out there for a little bit, I mean, what is iRacing, when they look at it, was it a success? Did it meet what iRacing was trying to do? I'm not sure that it hit all the check marks, so to speak. That's what I'm getting at. Right, but does iRacing consider this a full release of time attack, or is this a beta time attack? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's maybe just get your feet wet, get the community's input on how this is going to work, and then, you know, modify from there. So we already talked about they were talking about adding the fixed setups side of time attack, because right now it's all open set. Another comment on that thread I actually think makes a solid comparison uh, and compares it to dirt racing. Uh it, it was pretty barren at, at first. I mean, there was the initial rush, and then it calmed down. And then once they put Crashman behind those series, labeling the series, actually putting prizes with the series, then the participation crawled back up. Right. Well, we'll see how it evolves. Uh, we'll keep our eye on it. Next was... Somebody asked, why not Formula E for iRacing? And uh, Tony Gardner actually answered. He, here's, here's what he said. We have talked with Formula E representatives multiple times and have had good conversations about several ideas. Long story short, we could build the car, but they also want us to build all the tracks, or at least some of them, and that is understandable looking at it from their side. Too bad they don't race really on traditional tracks, not to mention the track venues could keep changing. It would have been more realistic discussion shorter term if we had some of their tracks already built. On a side note, we can't take shortcuts building tracks, at least currently. Our, current, our custom track creation tools and the process requires us to have a certain level of track data, a laser scan, in other words. Right. I want them to build every series they can, so of course I want Formula E, but I understand where they're coming from there. Well, they do a lot of street courses, right? Yeah, and it's changed every year, too. Every year there's been different courses on the schedule, so that would be hard to keep up with. Right. Well, they just got to chip away at it, you know, one at a time. But, uh, good point. You know, about the switching the tracks, it kind of makes it difficult. But not really Formula E related, but iRacing related. I, I really like how Tony was straight up honest and clear on this. It's not that we don't want to do it. It's just here's the here's the roadblocks to it. And here's the realism to it. And here's the sacrifices we'd have to make. That's what I love about these developers. Yeah, they're very wide open. They don't have to be. They're very open about what is going on. Yeah, I do like that uh, transparency, so to speak. Okay, so stay tuned. We'll see if that comes uh, comes around. Uh, next up was... If you attended uh, the, tra uh, the truck race at the uh, Eldora race at the El when they had the Eldora event, uh, you may have spotted Tim's Dirt Track Simulators featuring a homemade iRacing sprint car chassis. And so, like, uh, right outside the track, they had these simulators set up that, you know, where people could jump in them and race uh, some laps around the track and uh they had some pictures they put up on their facebook page uh, uh featuring R rico abreu actually um he was actually trying it out and jumped in the simulator and did some laps as well I look at the one picture though the screen that they're using is kind of funny because it's this is little tiny I don't know, 22-inch screen or something? This one. 
Yeah, I caught that in uh, one of the uh, comments. There is a 21-inch screen, and they were using a, a Microsoft Sidewinder wheel. Right, but the the cockpit's kind of nice. It's actually got a real racing seat, and it's got a roll bar and everything. It looks like a tiny, you know, midget sprint car or something. Oh, the the the, the design of the rig is is really cool. Um, that looks like it would be it'd be really neat. Just need a bigger screen. Maybe a yeah, better they wheel. Didn't, they didn't spend much money on the uh, computer side of it, it looks like. <laughs> All right, uh, next topic. Uh, Tony Gardner has been very busy in the forums today. He basically posted up in each of the individual uh, car forums. You know, every car has their own forum. Uh, basically asking the community to submit their Season 4 track schedules. Uh, please do so by Monday, August 14th. You can submit to his email address at tony.gardner at iracing.com. Now, is and that individually or just to get together as a community and put one together? That's what he's saying. He says, only community-based schedules, please, no individual requests. So he, he's trying to start the conversation, have the community come up with a schedule as a whole, and submit it to him once. You know, if he gets, one, if he gets 10 of them and he, from 10 different people, he doesn't know what to do. That's nice that they're asking for us to do that. That's fantastic. Yeah, because... Before, when they just put out a schedule that they made up, you know, everyone would bitch and moan about it and complain about it. Well, I think in the last, I don't know, it's been a couple of years he's been doing this. He he just reaches out for input. And if the community can, you know, gather around and actually come up with a proper schedule, then they'll they'll use it. Another tidbit to grab from from those posts uh, I see the one here for the Indy cars and for IMSA confirms that Senator 10 will be available in three different configurations, short, medium, and long. So that's confirmed that Senator 10 will be in season four. And then also it mentions in the block pain sprint series that they're looking into expanding the max cars in a race from five different cars to six cars next season. So those are, Two couple tidbits that we could be looking forward for season four. Nice. And where's Netterton? Is that UK? Yes. I think it is, yeah. You have reached my limit of knowledge on Snetterton, but I know it's in the <laughs> UK. Yeah, I, I, it's about as much as I know about it as well. Okay. Uh, next up, hardware, software, let's talk it. couple forum posts. Uh, one of them is, <clears throat> do-it-yourself rig, would you rather use wood or PVC pipe? And that was the question posed and got lots of different answers there. And I think the overwhelming response as I read through the post was wood. You know, go, go, for, go with wood. Yeah, I would think PVC would be noisy, no? Just guessing, though. Or would it be stable? Yeah, yeah that's an important factor, too. Because <laughs> it's really lightweight, right? You know? Would it yeah. wobble? You know? Yeah, you could definitely make it a lot more sturdy using wood. Um, I've seen some really, actually, nice-looking PVC rigs, um, but there was never any comments on to how sturdy it was. <laughs> And people are saying wood would cost less, typically, but I don't know. I've never tried it, so. I was uh, thinking about possibly uh, using one of those plans that I'd found on with the PVC, and I started pricing it out, and I quickly backed away because, uh, at least where I'm at, a lot of those uh, uh, corner pieces and uh, the tees and stuff, they're you know, like 3 4 $5 a piece, and you need quite a few of them to make it work. Yeah. If I was b trying to build one, 
I would be looking at 80-20, that metal stuff. All right, uh, next up, Brian Sohn from California posted up in the forums. Uh, something he's been working on, he calls it the Simu computer. And similar to what was called the Simu cube, which remember the Simu cube was the electronics for a uh, wheel. And what he's done here is he's created a mix where it mixes together the computer and the wheel components into one package. And so it's like a large PC box uh, with the motherboard and the fans and hard drive and graphic card and all the electronics for the wheel. This is cool. I don't know how I missed this. It's pretty cool if if you just want to pay somebody for the whole thing and pull it out of a box and plug and play because it's literally got everything you need. You know, it's got a i7, 7700K, 4.2 quad-core processor, Windows 10, etc. The only thing lacking a little bit is the video card, but he's working on that, so that's it looks fantastic. Yeah, look, he said he's going to put a 1080 in it, probably. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're going down the open source wheel thing and uh, you're going to get one of those semi-cubes, you could do, and, and you need a computer, this is kind of an all-in-one deal. So, pretty cool. I don't know that you need them in the same box. I mean, that was... Uh, you know, if you have a small amount of space, maybe there's a market for this. Yeah, the box doesn't look that big, and the motherboard looks tiny. Yeah. So, that square thing, that's the the wheel stuff. So, it's just like a larger PC case. And like, like you said, it's not over large. It's just... Uh, Needs enough room for that box, and he just basically put it in there. Sounds fantastic. I hope it works out. All right. Next uh, up in hardware, Alexandre Saws from France posted up his new sim racing box, as he calls it. And boy, does this thing look awesome. It's a button box, but it is a high-quality button box. Carbon fiber on the front, display across the top, a number display with the RPM gauge. Uh, really nice push buttons that are labeled very well with colors. Uh, twist knobs, hard up uh, on-off switches, uh, a small joystick for black box. It looks a bit overkill for for uh, oval racing, but it is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, this guy's done a great job. I like the fact that he incorporated the little joystick inside there, and then the uh, you know the turn dials too. There um, looks like your brake bias and all that other stuff. There's really nice setup. He done a nice job at this. Yeah, he's got tiny little momentary switches on the, along the bottom. For typing little messages like I'm um, like sorry or thank you or I'm pitting and so it is uh, really nice it looks like he's uh, selling this and he mentions the price two hundred and thirty two dollars sixty seven cents US dollars 200 francs that doesn't sound expensive at all. I thought you were going to tell me like 500 Well, yeah. I mean, traditionally, if you bought a button box of this caliber and of this size, you would be spending that kind of money. So I'm really surprised about the price. Now, if I'm reading that one? right. Is there just one or is he making a bunch of them? 
looks like from the post he's gauging interest to see how many he should make and if this would take off. Yeah, it's basically a uh, forum poll uh, that asking, what do you think? Would you want to order one or you don't need it or I like it? And so looking at the results, he's got 25 people who have voted, I want to order one, which is 23%. So that's pretty cool. That's $5,000 of revenue right there. 25 people. You probably got enough to do it. Uh, Pretty neat button box. Okay, let's move on. Next one is iFlag devices for sale. And I found this on a website called mbmotorsports.weebly.com. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y. And they are selling little iFlag devices. And this is a little LED light box that has a USB uh, plug on it. And it's about, I don't know, 5 inches by 5 inches. And uh, you basically plug it into your computer, and when the yellow flag comes out, it will flash yellow. When a white flag comes out, it will flash white, etc. When the green flag comes out, it will flash green. I've actually been waiting for this. I was hoping somebody would do this, so I am a happy man now. Yeah, so the iFlag with standard case, 55 bucks, includes two-foot USB cable and mounting tape. And they're available in five different colors. You can add $5 for a 10-foot cable if desired. So, what do you guys think? You, you want to get one of these, Justin? Uh, yeah, I do, absolutely, because sometimes I get to where I'm racing so hard, I don't pay attention to the yellow flag. So if this thing's going off when the lights are off, I'll I'll see it. So that sounds good to me. The question for me is, where would you put it? Yeah, that is a good question. On the website, they have uh, one of the pictures as an example, and it looks like they have it taped to the top left-hand corner of their uh, monitor. It's just a single monitor setup, but just kind of taped on top of the monitor. It must be very lightweight if you're able to just tape it. Yeah, I've thought about getting one of these at one point. They've been around for a long time. Uh, I think this is the first time I've seen people actually have them for sale on a website. But um, there's several forum posts on how to build these. Like, you can go to, like, a Radio Shack or some kind of electronics parts store and actually buy everything you need to make one of these things. So, if you're handy, maybe you want to do that. But this is an easy way for people like me that who are not handy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm not handy. That's why I was hoping someone would do this. Uh, If I bought those parts, I'd just break them. But this is great. Yeah, pretty cool. All right, next up is brand new pedals from Protosim Tech. They are called the PT2 pedal set from Protosim Tech. And Chris Smith from Virginia posted these up on the forums. It's a continuation from their previous version, the PT1s. And so they redesigned uh, a little bit. And uh, they look pretty nice. Uh, Now, they're not hydraulic pedals or anything like that. They have some nice springs, and they're very mechanical. Uh, Price is is $399, 400 bucks. For how much metal's on this thing, three ninety nine is not bad at all. I wish they were hydraulic, but they look they look really nice. Yeah, but if you can't afford a hydraulic pedal set, this is good for that budget range, perhaps. Now, 
my concern when I see these is how the heck do you mount them? And they, when I, the way that when you click on their website, it's protosimtech.com. You'll see that the three pedals basically come loose. There's no like mounting plate that they're hooked to or a base plate or anything like that. So if you bought these, you're going to have to figure out how to mount them. And, uh, you know, with pedals that you stomp on, you really need to get them mounted correctly or they just don't work. Now, it says here they've already sold out, so apparently people did like them a lot. Yeah, it does say out of stock. So check that out if you're interested in pedals. Uh, next up is real life racing crossovers into iRacing. First up, William Byron uh, was featured in an article in thegazette.com, which is a newspaper in Iowa. Uh, basically talking about William Byron's, you know, attempt at sweeping the Iowa races. Um, he's had uh, three wins in the last five races and uh, and so forth. And anyway, a nice a feature article uh, that he put together with uh, William Byron. And one of the quotes that uh, jumped out at me is this one that William Byron says, I never thought I'd be able to drive. iRacing opened the door to see what I could do at a real car. Luckily, when I got in a real car, I was really fast. So a little bit cocky, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, that's how William Byron got his ride was because of how well he was doing in iRacing. And then they decided to put him in a real car and he was just as fast. And he's only 19. Right. And probably heir apparent to the 48 car. Or the 5. Right. So yeah, that, they... Yeah, go ahead. They were uh, they were talking about him there. Um, last week I was listening to NASCAR radio, and uh, a lot of good things said about, about him, but he's still a couple of years out. So, um, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe number 5. Yeah, forty-eight too. I mean, I'm sure he's uh, he does. You know, he's only got a few more years left. I'm sure. Right. Uh, next up, my favorite guy, Ty Majeski. He did his second career Xfinity start, and ended up finishing sixteenth after getting caught up in a little wreck with three laps to go. Now he was running. I understand from 10th to 15th most of the race, uh, so I had a good run going. Uh, and if he didn't get caught up in that wreck, uh, probably could have had a better finish. I was busy this past weekend. I didn't get to see anything. Uh, but uh, whatever he can do, I'm there. I, I like Ty Majeski. Yeah, apparently the same guy who wrecked him the first time wrecked him this time as well. I don't know who it was, but uh, I, I did see a tweet about that. So good luck to Ty. I hope he can get another ride. I'm not sure if he has any more scheduled uh, at this point. He needs sponsorship. And uh, our final topic today, uh, iRacing put out a video when they caught up with recent NASCAR Xfinity winner Ryan Priest, and they actually uh, iRacing interviewed him at when he was at New Hampshire and uh, got a little interview with him that they put, he, he put up here about iRacing so uh, yeah I watched that today and uh, pretty cool But uh, he talks about iRacing and how uh, it helps him prepare and so forth um, when he went out on the real track and obviously won his first NASCAR Xfinity race. So pretty cool seeing these uh, real race car drivers talk up the game. 
or the sim, I should call it. All right, let's jump into final thoughts. Uh, Tony Groves, what do you got? Uh, Watkins Glen. Um, I hope I survive. That's all I got. All right, Watkins Glen. Let's get it done, huh? All right, Justin Laird, what do you got? Well, I just want to say uh, thanks to you, Mike, for allowing me to come on to uh, to Fosse Racing. It has really uh, made iRacing a lot better place for me. It's not as boring anymore. And uh, I'm enjoying it, and we're, we're going to see what we can do at Watkins Glen. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, it is different dynamic, as uh, uh, people have already talked about today, when you have other people around to race with, even though... You might not even be in the same actual race. It's still a different dynamic when you have somebody you can ask questions or bounce ideas off of or just talk about what's going on with your race. So, uh, yeah, you're welcome. To, I'm glad you're with us. Uh, Jason Daniels, what do you got? Final thoughts. I have a cheap plug for Fight Like a Girl 200 on uh, August 26th. Uh, it's being put together by Turn 3 Motorsports and Doug George. It's a little fundraiser for uh, iRacer Brad Miller and his family. Brad's wife uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, both myself and Justin Laird are signed up to race, and I'm going to be doing some streaming and some donations on the stream as well. Uh, so just stay tuned for more information as that gets closer. Uh, I, I definitely want to put in a good show. I'm going to be doing a lot of practice. And anyone who wants to join me and Justin, uh, just go check out that post, Fight Like a Girl 200. Just search for it on the iRacing forums, and you'll find it with Doug George. Yeah, absolutely. Brad Miller, a longtime contributor to this very podcast, and uh, certainly miss Brad being on the team. But uh, he's obviously going through a, a, an experience over there with his wife, so I've been praying for them. Uh, I'm not going to be able to start that race. I'll be at work when it starts, so I'm going to miss it. But I'll probably end up spotting with you guys, uh, at least watching, uh, I hope. Uh, so, yeah, get involved if you can and uh, help help him out. Uh, that's a great final thought. Uh, my final thought this week, uh, boy, Pocono was tough. I had all those wrecks getting wiped out in the first corner, the first lap, and then run around for two hours, you know, in 30th to try not to lose eye rating. That's tough. That's tough to swallow. It's tough to just sit down and go through that. But it's a 36-week grind, and this happens. And you and I've gotten to the point where I have enough experience. I know it's going to happen. I know what to expect. I know I'm going to have weeks like this where I get wrecked out in turn one. And uh, it's tough, but I hope to rebound, hopefully with Watkins Glen this week, and get my luck turned around. I felt like it was just a bad luck week for me, so I just hope it doesn't continue. So with that being said, I guess we'll see you later. Have a good night. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.